0: Ah, welcome to Fishing Without Beta, a lifetime without beta Definitive Expectations, where we help people explode into their lives through full impact mindfulness. The only entrance fee is the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. If you have a few particles of those, welcome aboard. You're on your way. I'm Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist. Continuing our conversation with Chris Whitlatch, author of Notorious Pittsburgh. When most people think
1: of these things, They think of a, they think of a New York City. They think of a Chicago. <laughs> they think of a Philadelphia. You know, Pittsburgh has that history, even though we're not as large as as New York or Chicago. But we have, you know, we have a long, long history here. We're one of the older cities in in the country, right? And we grew very, very fast um, thanks to coal, thanks to steel, thanks to the natural resources um, that we have here in in, in Pittsburgh. It made it, a, you know... Th- it made this area a very attractive place, and so it attracted a lot of money here. There was a lot of money made here in, in Pittsburgh, and um, because of that, if if you've got that infrastructure in place, well, you've got all the notorious stuff happening as well. So, <laughs> so the common thread throughout your book was
0: all of this: these activities and these murders and these meetings were all based on greed.
1: Yeah, I think you uh, I think you could go back to that and um you know even if it wasn't greed it was the desire to put your your own needs ahead of others.
0: Yes. What surprised me Chris was unlike some of the other Cosa Nostra Bob stories that you read about these guys were the owners these guys were the bosses of these businesses and they did the dirty work themselves.
1: Yeah, um you know you it was never proven. It was never um, admitted to by Henkel, But you could probably, you know, take that dotted line across and say he might have been a contract hitman here in in Pittsburgh for the family. Um, but there's no proof or evidence of that. And yeah, most of the time when you when you, s- you hear the story, you know, George Lee was likely, you know, assassinated by wasn't by. Nick DeLuca, but it was probably by those uh, by several people connected with Nick, you know, friends of Nick, or relatives of Nick is a possibility too, and you know, because he had the most to gain from it. So, but yeah, when when they got involved, they got, when, you know, when Nick DeLuca went after um, uh, uh, Tex Gill, you know, to try and take control he had the arsenal. He had the guns. He was going, he was going to, you know, ride out after her, him, you know, basically. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So when we're talking about all this psychology, we're talking about the baser aspects of of human beings. And uh, I think we all know that most people are good at doing the next right thing. Uh, but it's these, it's these type of stories that fascinate us and titillate us.
1: Well, I think, you know, you see that with, with true crime and and it's, um, so there's a line, right? And there's a line that you won't cross in your own life. I won't cross in my own life, but have I had the fantasy of what it would be like to rob a bank? Well, yeah, that sounds fun. You know, you see it, you you, you know, you see it on, um, movies and things like that and you'd never do it. It's those people that are willing to cross that line into that gray area, um,
0: People like to read about pirates. They don't like to read about
1: people in the Navy. <laughs> they
0: make the best characters. You bet they do. So what impressed me so much, Chris, was the attention to detail that you went into in this book. So tell us about the process. I'm sure that this just didn't come right out of your head.
1: You know, even even after reading some of these stories and taking the notes and things like that and starting to tell these stories on, on the walking tour... Um, I didn't think it was ready to be part of a book unless I dug a little further um, and brought out you know maybe more of that data or facts that would say, oh yeah, this is this is a logical hypothesis for this story. But also, who are these people? You know we could say that you know, I could reduce text gilda you know, maybe a three-word three description, that would not do text justice, right? There was more to text than just the illegitimate businesses that he was part of. There's more to, um, you know, George Lee. There's more to any of these guys. And then when you started to dig a little bit further, you got even richer stories out of it. And that's what I think was important to me to bring to the book. So I just didn't want to take what I was telling as a story and put it in a book. I wanted you to be able to go even further with that story. And that's why I undertook, you know, longer research and, and even, you know, delayed putting out the book for, you know, a couple years because I wanted to, to dig down as deep as I possibly could.
0: So Thomas Edison said the genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. (laughs) So tell us about the process of the idea to a finished product.
1: Yeah. So Notorious Pittsburgh um, started just as, as a passion, I think. It was shaped by my work at the Pittsburgh Foundation and what the the work that the cultural trust had done in those pre on those twenty five years, at that time, it's a lot longer now. Um, it was meeting people like Bonnie that encouraged you to take that next step. Um, it was being willing to sit down and 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 read and listen. Um, that's that perspiration part of it. Um, it was that ability to start and stop on this particular project um, this one I I hope it gets easier after it <laughs> this one should you'd think it'd be really really easy for me to write the book because I was telling the stories for about two years before right um, and had already done a lot of the research for other projects and it wasn't um, that process is still still difficult to write the words in a way that, you will like to engage with them you know um so hopefully it gets easier i don't know that it will i don't know if it ever does for anybody but it's it was what a lot of people i think would classify as a labor of love it won't be my last um definitely not you know i want to go to the next thing but i'm so proud that I was able to take a project that had so many moving pieces and bring it to a fruition in the end.
0: Well, the cultural trust not only provided you with a great deal of uh, inspiration and uh, motivation, uh, but it also uh, had a great deal part in the Renaissance part of Pittsburgh in purchasing a lot of these properties to keep them from further
1: Oh, absolutely, and don't discount the work. It took them long (laughs) hours and years in some cases. um, I was still doing the walking tour, Jim, in the Red Light District, and um, where the um, uh, comedy um, uh, is now located, that building was empty. For a good part of when I started doing the tours and you could still see massage parlor stencil, you know, basically faded out on the second floor window. Um, And so I would say, hey, you know, here's here's one great example of, of what a parlor would look like. I can't do that anymore because of that persistence by the cultural trust you know (laughs) and that's what it takes
0: (laughs) tell us about some of the roadblocks you faced tell tell us some of the nights that you thought do i really am i doing the right thing do i really want to go on
1: well you know you sit there and you doubt yourself in in so many different ways i say well who wants to read this stuff well who who's gonna buy this (laughs) you know you know (laughs) especially you know you, you might know some of these stories you might know that biddle story they actually turned that one into a movie that, yes. that jailbreak is it was a movie with uh, mel gibson in it so there you go um you might know some of these stories why why would you want to to do that or why do i want to devote a portion of my life to to this and then you you go back and you say because you like it you you want that sense of accomplishment you've always wanted to to do this um and so you know if you can get through that doubt, that fear, rejection, and there will people that will hate this book, and I try not to, you know, get so um, caught up on any reviews that anybody posts or anything like that, because yeah, it's not going to connect with everybody. Um, but in the end, that sense of accomplishment to just finish a project that started. Oh, seven years ago really that idea was seven years was seven years until that book came out and it came out in many different iterations you know before it was in a book as well so are you proud of it yeah i am excellent and i'm you know and i'm you know i'm i'm proud of myself for being able to to get there because it's very hard to you know manage through those ups, those downs, to get to a finished project.
0: Whenever people come up with a passion, where people come up with an idea, there'll be just as many people out there telling them why they can't do it.
1: Yes, I, actually, I love when you tell me I can't do something, that is one of those things, and I think I hear that from, from other people with bipolar. If you tell, someone that you tell someone like that that you can't do it, I'll find 50 ways that I can do it. (laughs) And I've heard that a lot in my life. And I think that's one of the things that we get in this particular area, this Appalachian region, is we get that. That, oh, you shouldn't, or you can't, or you won't, or you'll be disappointed. Um, And that's part of that historical, that ancestral loops that we have to break out of. For both the good of us, but also for the good of this community, right? When I have meetings, Chris,
0: I make it clear, I'm not interested in how we can't do this. I'm only interested in how we can.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can leave the other things outside yeah. of the room. I always, I, I say I say something similar to that. Don't tell me we can't do this. Tell me this isn't the way that we should do this. And here are some other ways we should consider, you know? <laughs> If you say we're we're not going to be able to do this, well then come with some ideas of 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 what we can do, right? Because I I dig other people's ideas. I you know, I get excited about other people's ideas as much as my own. So,
0: we can just feed off positivity just as much as we can get dragged down by negativity, Chris. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and if we can bring that, you know, to to our lives. Plant flowers every, and yeah. pull weeds in your life. Everything that we we do in our life, if we can bring that positivity to our lives, that's gonna benefit everybody around us.
0: There are people who could walk past a, a milk cooler and turn every every milk in their sour. <laughs> <laughs> I often tell people, I'll say, well, here's the type of attitude this person has. You could tell them that you just won the lottery and they're going to tell you how much taxes you have to pay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hear that a lot, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: And sometimes, Chris, we just have to look at people and say, thank you for your concern and mm-hmm. walk
1: away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being and being strong enough to do the being able to do that and not, like you said, not not let it worry you that that happens cuz it's going to happen yes, but if it is. you're present with 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 yourself then you you can walk away from that what we're talking about is confidence yes yes yeah confidence and identity
0: confidence and an identity yeah. formation so what we like to do is we like to share with people that they can get here from there and you've certainly proved that in our previous podcast, Chris, and you're certainly uh, demonstrating that tonight with your going forward and having actually having your baby a published book.
1: Well, and then that's what I would encourage people too is don't stop ever. You know, don't stop learning, don't stop listening, don't stop doing. I I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot.
0: So how uh, how can a person uh, get in get this book?
1: Well, right now, Notorious Pittsburgh is available from Amazon, um, so you can purchase it both in uh, ebook form and print form. From there, it's also available from Ingram Books. Hopefully, it'll start showing up in your local bookstores. We're working on that, but if anybody can help me out and introduce me to you know a local bookstore um, and get the help me get the book there, that would be great as well. Um, what's cool is I will be doing what we're calling the Notorious world tour um, starting um, next month in May and going through October so far. And I will be showing up at your local libraries. They have been wonderful about hosting local authors like myself. So come bring your book. I'll sign it for you. be happy to. Or if you don't have the book, you can come uh, and purchase one there. Or in many cases, you'll be able to check it out. And, you know, that's I don't know that an author geeks out as much as I do about actually seeing their book in a library, but man, I thought that was cool. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, yeah, so definitely come out, say hi, uh, get your, get your book signed, um, support your local libraries. They support people like me.
0: Well, we're going to of course put it up on our library on our, on our
1: website and the link there. And uh, Chris, it's always a delight to have you aboard. Well, thank you, Jim. Thanks for everything you do, and thanks for bringing these stories to light. All righty.
0: Well, we'll both be on the uh, Doors Open tours this summer.
1: We will, and definitely check out Jim's tour. That is something very unique that um, you'll only find here at uh, Doors Open. Um, I don't think anybody would be so so um, creative in putting together a tour that will help you actually understand your neighborhood i think that's really cool so it's gonna be a lot of definitely fun. check it out a lot of fun yeah
0: all righty so at the end of every podcast chris what we like to do is offer a free prescription fruits nuts and vegetables and unplug your television and take up fishing and for a truly mindful experience we suggest that you fish without bait do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another forgive yourself and forgive another if we're all not God's children, none of us are. So all are free, none are free. Namaste,